0: Welcome to Amazon Legends, where we have real stories about making it big on Amazon. Our guests are CEOs of large companies and entrepreneurs who became power sellers. Also, providers specializing in helping sellers, aggregators that acquire sellers, and former Amazonians will give us an insight from behind the scenes. Here is your host, Nick Urisen. Welcome to another episode of Amazon Legends. My next guest today is a serial entrepreneur with several businesses, uh, including a tech startup. So she got uh, trained in tough environment to be a tech startup Uh, that takes uh, a lot of guts. So uh, she is today the founder of Mindful Goods, which is a listing optimization service for Amazon sellers. And when she's not working, she likes snowboarding, jigsaw puzzling, tennis and her dog. And uh, and by the way, she was traveling, not traveling, splitting her year between Chicago and Peru. And recently she said, that's it. I've had enough of Chicago. And she now lives in Peru, but services, clients uh, all over the place. So uh, with that, everybody meet my guest, Daniela Bosman. Welcome to the show, Daniela.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Oh, it's always a pleasure to have sharp people. Tech startup, you know, it's, it takes. Well, by the way, what year was it that you got into tech?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, into tech right after college. Um, right, after- at, right after college. And then I stayed in it up until uh, I started this business so about six years ago.
0: Uh, so you've been in tech space. Amazon is tech. so.
1: Amazon so- is tech. It's, it's different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's tech and business. You know, uh, it's, it's funny how things kind of progressed because uh, Google came along. Of course, Microsoft was there. And uh, and then Amazon very slowly and steadily and quietly uh, got into the cloud. And I, I remember Jeff Bezos talking about um, how they had six year runway when they decided to go into AWS. And AWS oh, wow. is, not, is the standard, right? So it's amazing. Okay. So tell me something you're doing very well right now.
1: What we do really well is we help clients get clicks.
0: So tell me how you do that. Everybody wants clicks.
1: We are helping brands stand out with exceptional content and Within that, we have a methodology, which I think you're going to ask me a little bit more about it today.
0: So, you know, this is this is everybody's challenge because when you have a new listing, the first thing is you need to get exposure for it, and then once you get that exposure, then you need to be able to convert. So, um, it, it goes in in two stages. So, tell me tell me about your methodology and what is that about? Where is your focus?
1: Sure. So, what we've kind of developed over the years after working with at this point thousands of products is something called the buy now method. And there's three steps in it. Um, we help brands get found, get clicks to get into their listing, and then capture the sales once they're inside the listing. So, it's just those three steps. It's very simple.
0: So, uh, what do you call the method? Buy now method?
1: The buy now method.
0: Okay. So, the first one is get found. Mm-hmm. Right. And the second one is, tell me get the clicks.
1: second. Get clicks. Get- That's the low hanging fruit.
0: Yes. Get clicks. And the third one is.
1: The third one is helping to convert. So we want to we get found so that we show up in search. Once we yeah. show up in search, we want to make sure they click on us, not our competitor. And then once they do click on our listing and they're inside of our listing, how do we make sure that every single thing that's on our page is helping to convert the sale?
0: Okay, so we've done we've done some episodes looking into different things, but we haven't really covered um, from start to finish, so to speak, as a as mm. an outline. So. So this will be a a great conversation. And I want to see what your methodology is uh, in terms of get found, get clicks, and then convert. So let's start with the get found. So tell me about how do you get your clients listings found?
1: Sure. So I'll say this piece is, is the SEO piece, right? If we don't have the right keywords in our listing at all, People just aren't going to be able to find us. And so what, what I've noticed is a lot of agencies will either focus on creative, or they'll focus on SEO, or they'll focus on PPC. But they're not pulling everything together holistically to make sure that you're really paying attention to all those elements as you're building the listing. So for us, the SEO piece is very much about pulling the brand analytics. It's about reviewing any, any SEO reporting if you're running ads already. Hopefully, you know, it's a product that's already launched. If not, then we're trying to use some other baseline data from tools like a Helium 10 or other tools. Um, and regardless, we're still cross-referencing that data anyways, right? And then beyond that, taking all that data and then making sure that we are um, using a specific tone with our copy, making sure that we are writing for the audience that we're targeting, making sure that we have compelling copy throughout, that we're not just keyword stuffing. And so that is the primary base of the SEO. And then we use that to develop the creative. So we start there.
0: Okay. So you, you are, this is, as you know, there is the launch and then there is the ongoing. So mm-hmm methodology that you described it sounds like it's the ongoing because we're looking at the brand analytics we're looking at the PPC reports so um, is that right we're talking about we we do it
1: for both I believe that 80% of this work can be done in advance then you can come back and look at it on a quarterly basis and do some updating but what we found is there's a lot of clients that are coming to us and they've, they, they're successful on Shopify, they have a brand up and running. There may be less of the white label seller and more of the, the direct-to-consumer brand that's already been selling online successfully. But when they try to launch on Amazon, they just don't hit the metrics that they're looking for. And it's because they're taking these beautiful lifestyle images that they have for their brand. They're taking some of that messaging, but they haven't done the SEO homework to Really position themselves well on Amazon, so it's it's a totally different game, you know.
0: So what I'm hearing is you are streamlining the images with the keywords that you are using. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And how do you do that? What what is it? Because you know the pictures, picture, uh, picture is worth a thousand words. So yeah. So how do you know which words the pictures are associated with?
1: Yeah, that's great. So I look at it as show and tell, right? And um, I listened to a couple of your other podcasts and I know that um, some other providers are not so much a fan of putting text on images. I 1000% disagree. Um, I think every image should be showing and telling. You can have a beautiful image of a girl holding the water bottle but it's not telling you anything. It's showing you a girl holding a water bottle. So you need to be telling them something in every image so that all the way down the page, you are positioning your product and selling over and over and over again, at least those five main unique selling propositions so that you are able to convert once they're inside your listing. But the SEO portion specifically is important because we just want to get that done at the very first step so that we are understanding as a brand owner, what words are important to people that are searching on Amazon, which might be different from people who see an ad on Facebook and go to our Shopify website, right? So a good example of this or some, uh, good, a good way to explain this, right, is if you are um, looking for a journal on Amazon, you type in journal um, in the search box, there is journal for um dream goals or goal setting there's journal for teenage girl there's journal for teenagers there's journal for kids there's journal for adults there's journal for that 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 that, that right your product is not going to be a fit for all of those journal searches but your product is likely a search for a specific bunch of those keywords right so if we can understand what those keywords are then we can not just place those keywords within our copy which yes obviously we want to be doing that but we want to position our creative to be talking to those same searches, right? So if, if subconsciously I'm searching for a journal for goal setting, and one of the first images I see says best journal for goal setting and, and three reasons why, or, or three benefits why it's the best for, for goal setting, I am subconsciously checking off that box in my buying process. I'm like, yes, this is what I was looking for. It's the, you know... And it, it's because you're showing me a journal for goal sal- setting, but you're also telling me. And I just searched in the box, so that's exactly what I'm looking for. And you're showing and telling me, boom, boom.
0: Yeah, you know this is a this is an interesting way to put it because I, uh, you know, I mentioned to you uh, before we started the show. I love movies, and uh, and in movies, the scripts that they write. And always, usually, they they do such a good job writing these scripts, putting words in people's the uh, actors' mouth, right? So and then you know you're watching it. So there is a rule that they follow in movie business uh, that they say don't tell, show. Okay. So they don't because you know why? When we are, and this is by the way, it's also in writing a book. So I, I did a little uh, creative writing course, and mm-hmm. the first thing that the teacher said was. Readers do not have the patience to read through your setting up the characters, the setting up the scene. They just, you know, you're going to lose them on page one. Mm. You need to start the action. So if you want to set up a character, set up something, the don't tell, show. So what you are doing is, in fact, both you are showing and
1: I'm telling. Tally. Showing and telling, because if not, it's just a missed opportunity.
0: Yeah, because you, you, otherwise you are assuming that whatever you're showing is going to be, is going to translate into what you are looking to tell them in terms of keywords, of words that describe the product.
1: Right. I mean, let's, let's look at another example of this. Uh, uh, something like a grain-free granola. Very competitive product on Amazon, sells really well. Um, but if I have a beautiful photo of an, uh, like an Instagram type photo of this flat lay of the bag laying on the table, and it's got all these pretty dishes around it. It's in my kitchen. Ooh, I can picture this being in my kitchen because it's so pretty. And the packaging is so pretty, but does it tell me that it's actually grain free? Yes. Does it tell me that it's low in sugar, which is the other thing that was in my search that I need because. My doctor told me I need to eat low sugar products, you know? So it's, 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 you have to be doing both. Otherwise you're just going to miss out on the opportunity. And remember 90% of what we take in is visual. 90% of what humans take in is visual. It's not reading. It's not text, but nobody's going to be reading the bullets. You just have to like, generally assume they're going to read a couple words of the bullets, And then they're going to be looking at the photos, but in the photos, if you have the right hierarchy of the USP big and bold at the top, and then three little, um, three little benefits, just calling it out on the infographic, you're, you're more likely going to convert than just a beautiful photo, just sitting there, not telling the customer anything. And this is actually being validated by Facebook ads these days. Like some of the top performing e-commerce Facebook ads are just a, a beautiful photo of the product with some kind of call-outs going on on top of the image. So they're like reading a header, they're seeing a beautiful product, and then they're seeing the three things that they know that people are looking
0: for. Now, you I mean, I'm sure you know that Amazon does not allow text on the main image.
1: On the main you image, can, yes.
0: You can do this on the additional ones. Mm-hmm. So we started with the get found part, right? Yeah. So the the most... Um, the the most important part of getting found once you come up in the search results is the the main product picture right Mm -hmm. so how do you what are some recommendations you can make uh, since you can't use text on the main image that people can apply and then get get clicks
1: sure I'll, I'll, i have a caveat to this by saying we're a little bit in the gray area. We like to play and have fun with this because I do think it's the lowest hanging fruit. Um, we've had brands see 11.8% increase in click through traffic just by making this one change. Um, so we, we break this out as its own step in our process, because I believe it is foundationally critically important. And it's something that you should be, every brand should be testing. I think you can, you can keep testing this. I don't think it's, I don't, even if you get a great result, I think you can do better. So sure. I'll start there. Sure. Um, what, what you can do is ideate, right? You want to sit with your team. You want to understand what are the things, when we look at all of the search results that come up that are, that are for the terms that we're going to go after in those search results, what's happening? What's going on? Like, what are they doing differently? And be very specific. Are, do they have shadows? Are they, do they have an angle to their product? Do they have big, bold, Words on the packaging that say something very specific that we need to be mindful of. Um, do they uh, do they have um, render or a photo? Do they have um, eye candy? Meaning, do they have ingredients on the side? Do they have um, accessories? Are they packaging it as a bundle, right? And then you want to be thinking, okay, if everyone else is doing these things, how can we do something similar, better, or different, right, um, to really stand out? And 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 this is where there's no hard and fast rule. It's it's is there something specific that's going to help us stand out that we already know? Like oh wow, nobody even did this. Let's do this so that the clicks go to us, right? So one example that I saw the other day um, was there was um, let's just say six supplement bottles right at the top, and only one of them had a high gloss shine on their what was a render, which Amazon technically does not allow renders. I have a whole another bit for that, but. I'll just say this, 90% of brands in many categories are using renders. If you do them well, um, you are aiding the shopper in their buying experience. And that's what Amazon cares about. But in this example, there was one in the top fold of search that showed up with a very high gloss sheen on the bottle. And it was a slight, it was like somebody, like imagine somebody positioning a light on the bottle and there was a glossy effect. Right. And, and so you have all of these bottles that just look like flat white bottles. And then you have this like shiny element going on, on the top of one of the bottles. If somebody took a very high gloss effect. Right. And it was that one little thing that just caught the eye. And and I'm just like, boom, my eye just went right there. And I'm more than likely going to at least give my, give that a little bit more attention with my eyes. And if I like what I see, I might click into the listing and it can be something so simple like that that is gonna steal click share away from everybody else in top of fold, right? So we need to be thinking about these tiny little elements. Um, What we look, we've narrowed it down into like three or four filters, right? The first thing is render versus photo. Second thing is spacing. So you see that I'm, I'm sitting in the frame right now. And if I'm back here, I look a lot smaller, but if I'm here, I look a lot bigger right? And so you want to think through the same thing with your photo of your product. You want to take up as much space in the frame, zero pixels of white space, if possible, either top to bottom or left to right. Then the rest of the space, if you're top to bottom like this, you want to have something going on left and right. So you don't have just a bunch of white space or think about that as you're comparing yourself to others in the search result. The next piece of that is um, we call eye candy. So ingredients, packaging, angles, shadows, all of that. And the fourth thing is something that I call post edits. And so this is something that is a little controversial, but a lot of brands do it in, let's say, like beverage category. Um, So for instance, if you had, let's say, a six pack of water bottles, and would you rather just show one water bottle or would you show one water bottle like this in the frame and then a six pack back here at an angle with a cardboard tray holding the water bottles and on that cardboard tray, it says hundred percent pure coconut water. If I'm someone that doesn't want additives and, and junk in my coconut water, and I read hundred percent coconut water in the search results, which one do you think I'm going to click on?
0: Well, obviously. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just, it's those little details. And, and this is why like just taking a photo from your Shopify website and and putting it up on Amazon is not, it's it's doing you a disservice, no. you know?
0: No. Yeah. I mean, you you're so right. It's uh, pictures are what people are looking at, pictures and videos. And you can't just, and picture doesn't mean a photo. Definitely don't take your iPhone, take pictures, and then just post it on. But those are a no-no. You you you've got to pay a graphic designer. And uh, so let me ask you this. So this is what I do with my clients. Mm -hmm. First, storyboard the pictures. Mm So the the way we work is I kind of came up with this to make use of the time in the the best possible way. First, we do the keyword research because that takes time, as you know, and and gather all the keywords. And then from the keywords, we decide, okay, this is going to be these are going to be in the title. Then once we decide, okay, this is the title, then at that point, we know what the item is in terms of its what it's going to say. And the next thing would be the, the bullets and the A+, and blah, blah, blah. But we don't go there. Then we immediately sit down and create the storyboard for the pictures. Mm-hmm. And then we start going through. And then just like Making a movie, we describe every picture, what's going to be in the picture. And uh, there are several things that we incorporate into the picture. One of them is what we call an image theme. So that's like you mentioned supplements. So there are some supplements that uh, I'm sure if you go look up, most of them have the supplement bottle but there are some you will find they have the supplement bottle and on the side they have like uh, a few cherries and a few oranges and that indicate they show, that- or
1: they show the actual capsules versus a pill versus a, a circle you know yeah
0: yeah so uh, and then there's like leaves around it so it becomes that's an- eye candy yes so that's what makes the picture stand out so we incorporate all that Another thing that I like is I like seals. So I I call them, I put them in two categories. Uh, One is official seals and the other is unofficial seals. Official seals are things that you have a piece of paper that will say that this, you've earned this. Yeah. And the official seals are uh, things that you can claim. Uh, For example, the easiest one is 100 satisfaction guaranteed things like that so we create a bunch of seals and then those seals carry out through the the pictures and uh, so that way that that builds the, the confidence in uh, in the people so uh, once we create and then we will want to uh you know we do the, the packaging we do the contents we do the Uh, the use cases and then we storyboard what is going to be in the use case. What are the words that go in the picture? I love it. We do all this storyboarding and uh, so you don't see a picture or anything. We just put some examples and then we give it to the graphic designer We say this, here are some raw pictures Then here is the the story." This is the vision. Yeah. Deliver the final. What do you think about this process? I have a quick word from our this week's sponsor. Channeled is a marketplace and e-commerce partner for growing D2C brands. Our senior team provides a more comprehensive approach to marketplace management, including channel p proven strategies, and better execution. We use a data-driven approach for full funnel Amazon ads, including DSP. Get a free account audit and a $1,500 bill credit during your first three months if you partner with Channeled. Visit channel.net slash argometrics to learn more.
1: It's exactly what we do. So you, you have to, you, if you're going to do something at the level that is needed, you have to have a creative briefing process. So that's what you created, a creative brief. Um, right. And so in the creative briefing process, it's very similar to what we do. What we do first is obviously the SEO. That is step number one. Um, some of that data is put into our creative brief along with the competitive analysis of the competitors that the client gave us and the ones that we found. We take all of those images, show them top to bottom, and actually we use data dive for this. So pro tip, love data dive for this piece. It pulls all the competitor images, we drop them in, and then we analyze what's going on with the top sellers in the space. What images are they doing well? What images are they not doing well? A little bit of a SWOT analysis in that regard to help us then define... What are the images that we know we must have now? And where can we stand out within the images that maybe they're sleeping on? Maybe they didn't do these other things that like our top performing images that we know perform well. Like we know one of the top performing images on Amazon is an us versus them. So we wanna maybe almost always have an us versus them. We know that we can validate with more mentions if we have won awards, have media mentions. Um, We know we can add trust that way as well. We know that showing product and use is one of the top performing images. So those are like buckets of what should almost always be in addition to the competitor analysis. And then we basically have a section that is, these are the best performing images. These are the ones that we wanna knock out based on what we're seeing in the competitive landscape. And we also have a badge section, we call it badge, right? So badges to build trust is what we call it. And we have buckets of badges. So we have things like, these are all the ones used in food. These are all the ones used in packaging. These are all the ones used in product. And then we have other, and other could be something like things that the brand do well that aren't necessarily an official badge, but we can make it into a custom badge for them, like female founded or veteran owned or been in business 25 years or whatever the things are that make you special and help people identify with your brand, right? Right. And then from there, we itemize every single image the same way that you do. We say um, the vision for what we want it to look like. We say that the type of image, is it a lifestyle image? Is it a trust image? Is it an infograph image? Is it a us versus them image? Is it what type of image is it? What are we showing? What are we telling? And what is the ultimate goal of that image? So that again, every single image serves a function. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Very similar.
0: I love that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's because this is what I always say. When you are creating something visual, it starts with envisioning, you know, that something that's going to look certain way. Mm -hmm. Creative process is the kind of process where whatever is in your head, by the time you actually create it, it doesn't come out very well, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's always like these, uh, you know, I thought this was gonna be great, but uh, it's not because there are too many details, and then when it's small, details get lost and things like that. So it's it's very hard already to put your thoughts into something right away. So that's why creating this uh what you call creative briefing
1: uh-huh.
0: helps you put your thoughts into words exactly and in that process you are already going to flush it out in the first place exactly by the time the the, the requirements are ready now you've got something that somebody can take away and then and work with so right um, so i mean this is there is i really don't know any other way to do this frankly i don't know how people do it because you can't do it without documentation right
1: Oh, I've seen, I've seen the way some people do. (laughs) It's not the way that we just described. I'll tell you that.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay. So we talked about get found, get clicked and then uh, convert. So uh, as far as getting found, that's the part. I mean, our conversation is all about getting the most out of the, the images. So that's what really what we're talking yeah. about in this episode. We're not going to get into the keyword research and all that stuff because then it's, a, it's an ocean of conversation that, that we're not going to start right. now. But right. we are focusing on what counts the most, which is the pictures. So right. um, on getting found, that's primarily research. But what we're talking about is match the pictures to the keywords that's right. the lesson right uh, so a good
1: example a good example of that specific point that you just made is if you know that someone is searching for your product almost every time because your product is a vegan product people better be able to read the word vegan from the search results and in your title
0: yes from your search results
1: Meaning and, your main your main image and your title.
0: Yeah. So this is this is one of the things that I always say that there are two magic bullets for success on Amazon. And one of them is increase your click-through rate. And the other one is increase your conversion rate. Then you'll be fine. Mm-hmm, of course mm-hmm. the click-through is going to require the shopper to identify with the listing. And then that means that the shopper's identity, whoever they are as a as, as target criteria, has to be in the title, right? So that's how they're gonna say, oh, that's for me. And then the picture okay. also uh, complements it. Now you're gonna get a click. Now they're on your product page. And then the next one is the, the converse. So, Let's talk about the conversion now. So we've been covering the the importance of storyboarding. Give us your take on what should be a good makeup of pictures. What is an ideal number? Let's start there. And then walk us through what should be in in that image stack. I have something important for all my listeners. Sellers lose money on lost or damaged inventory with Amazon, which can add up to a lot over a year. Did you know that there is a way to claim all your losses? Getida is the global leader in Amazon FBA auditing and reimbursements for Amazon FBA sellers worldwide. They deliver results with no upfront costs. They get paid only when you get paid. Visit www.getida.com forward slash legends to learn more and sign up. And thanks to our friends at Getida, your first $400 in reimbursements will be free. It's www.getida.com forward slash legends. And that's www.getida.com forward slash legends.
1: Yeah, great. So minimum six for product images. Premium A-plus content, you're going to get eight modules top to bottom. And that means uh, a module for anybody that doesn't know is basically imagine a banner um, top to bottom, or it can be some other kind of layout. Amazon gives you these presets that you can stack one on top of the next. Ends up looking like an, a big, large infographic in the middle of your product page after they scroll down. So that would be your basic A-plus content or your premium A-plus content. Amazon says the basic A-plus content alone lifts sales on average by 5% across the board. That's including brands that are not doing this well, okay? So we've seen much higher results than that. Um, that should be your baseline. So the, that's the minimum, right? That's, that's what you should be doing every single time. You need your main image. Um, you should be testing that main image. You need your six product images in total, Um, If you have brand registry, you should be uploading a video or multiple if you can. Um, If you have basic A-plus content because you have brand registry, you should turn on your brand story so that you can get access to premium A-plus content, which still many brands do not know that they could be getting access to premium right now. So just to remind everybody, the requirements for that are turn on brand story, which is very easy to do. Just it, I almost don't even think you need to design anything. Just grab a banner and turn it on <laughs> for the sake of turning it on right now. You can redesign it later. And then um, and then make sure you have submitted basic A-plus content at least 15 times in the last 12 months that has been approved. If you are skeptical, make some changes, submit it again. Um, your account will be reviewed every 30 days so that you can get access to that premium A-plus content. So- Highly, highly, highly recommend it because premium a content is a thousand times better than basic. You get so much more accessibility to other types of modules by having video content. You can have UGC content. Um, highly, highly recommend it. That's the bare minimum. Now, the types of buckets of content within that um, is, is a few different things, right? So I have it bucketed into one, two, three, four, five different buckets. Um, one is called lifestyle, Lifestyle could be um, focused around your audience. It can be focused around a flat lay. Um, It can be focused on location. Do you use it in the gym? Do you use it in in your car? Do you use it when you're working? Um, And then in use. So, showing a person actually using it somewhere can almost combine all of those elements for lifestyle, right? Um, Context is another bucket that we like to look at, and that's something like. What are the materials and ingredients? Do those matter to people? If they do, you should have an image around it. Um, is there a specific packaging for this that we want to highlight? Um, maybe like, for instance, I have a jigsaw puzzle company. My packaging is very different from any other puzzle company. So obviously I want an image that showcases that. Um, do, we have, do we need close-ups? So for CPG brands who are selling food products, if a customer can't taste your product or smell your product, the next best thing is showing it as a close-up. You want to show the product as big as possible. So they know what their kid is going to be eating or what their parent is going to be eating or what the people in their household are going to be eating. So you want a close-up shot size comparison. I'm buying a water bottle, but I don't know. You're showing me 50 different types of water bottles and different size dimensions all stacked up one to the next, but I have no context of how big it is because you didn't show me a mug next to it. So I know the actual size, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Accessories what else does it come with? Compatibility, what else does it work with? Um, For CPG, what types, what multi-sizes, multi-flavors, single serve, what are the types? Um, Then I have the trust bucket. Trust bucket is, um, do we have media mentions? Do we have awards? Um, do we have lots of customers on Instagram that are just raving about this product? So maybe not using it as a testimonial, but having a UGC image that features photos of people loving our product. Um, do we have transparency to build trust? So if it's again, a food product, everybody wants to know what's in their food these days, call it out, make it big. If you have a clean label, make it big, show it, show all the ingredients and be proud that you have a clean label. Um, what else is in there? founder um, story, impact story? Um, those, those are all super powerful right now because people either love Amazon or they hate Amazon. The more you can remind people that you're their next door neighbor building a brand, the more likely it is that people are gonna support you and buy your product. So don't skip out on that if it's something you can use to your advantage. Do um, you put that
0: in the image stack for the product pictures or A plus?
1: I usually put that in the A plus. I usually have it as its own separate image in the A plus or in the actual brand story section. But I think brand story section can actually be a few different things. I don't actually think it has to be brand story per se. So I can, I can, I can explain that in a minute. Um, the other type of bucket would be infographic. So within infographic, we have things like um, assembly. So how to assemble the product. Um, something like, uh, uh, like, for instance, tushy sells bidets on Amazon, Um, but one of the things they notice is one of the top questions that are asked in the frequently asked questions and in the comments um, of, you know, the word cloud of what's mentioned in the reviews, um, across all the bidet companies, one of the number one questions is how easy it is to install, and so if something is easy to install, you want to be like, assembly, one, two, three, and if you know that that's mentioned, thousands of times across all your competitors and that yours is actually really easy to install, I think you should be sh- showing it in both the product images and the A-plus content to reinforce it. So um, how to, if, if there's a how to use your product, recipe, showing a recipe is a really fun way. If, if, if people don't know the different ways that they can use your product with food, um, before and after images are huge, just, just as huge as us versus them. So I think that you should either have a before and after or an us versus them um, in most cases. Size comparison, like I mentioned before, benefits and call-outs are just like a given. Um, And then transformation. So does it fold and become really tiny in your bag? Um, Does it it convert into using it this other way? You know, thinking of those types of things. Um, Coupon is the next bucket. So upsell, cross-sell, repeat purchases, coupons, um, subscribe and save. So we want to be thinking, does the brand have any of these things that we can reinforce through imagery? Because sometimes people miss it, the little coupon, you know? So what are the other ways that we can get them to subscribe and save? Um, And then the last one is a bucket that we just have for um, concepting main image. And then we have a separate complete section for the buckets of badges, which we went over earlier.
0: Yeah. So tell me about the coupon image. How does that work?
1: Coupon could be um, just reinforcing the fact that they have a coupon. If they have like a coupon or a buy two, get one or whatever the promotion is. It's basically like a promotion image, right? So you can have like one of your images be focused on converting to that deal. Or maybe you have a digital bundle that they didn't know about. You can reinforce that.
0: I see. So if you are running a promotion, you would incorporate that not as a separate image about the promotion, but you incorporate that into one of the pictures.
1: It's just a promotional, an image that we use as a promotional image over time. So like, you know how sometimes you have a coupon and sometimes you might have like a 10% or like, or you might have a buy two, get one or different promotions that brands will do over time. You can just have one of your product images as your placeholder for whatever promotions you're running so that all you have to do is go in there and just change the design for the promotion that you're running at that time.
0: Okay, and then you upload that as as part of your image stack.
1: Exactly, yeah. I wouldn't do it in A plus content. Um, I would do it as a product image, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay, I haven't heard that one. This is the first for me to hear, incorporating the coupon into the product picture.
1: Oh, it's it's big in, in the food category.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see food category. Yeah. You know, uh, Daniela, one thing that that we also do, and tell me what you think about this. So I, I tell people, so we talk about the two magic bullets and the second magic bullet being the conversion rate. So what helps people convert? So it's two things. Well, Actually, it's two and a half. Yeah, uh, 50%. Of the deal is the main uh, of the fifty uh, percent of the deal is the image stack, all the images you have, and images and videos. So they will be the the main actor in getting the shopper to say, "Okay, I want to buy this." Then you have the bullets. Maybe the first three bullets, they don't read all five, but mm-hmm. maybe they'll read the first one. Yeah, skim.
1: Yeah, yeah, very quickly. Mm
0: -hmm. And uh, so that's about 25 percent 30 35 percent and then you have the a plus so those three i say will get the shopper to say okay i feel comfortable this is for me i can see myself using this i can see me using this in the Mm -hmm. picture so that they'll buy Mm -hmm. now in all this there is actually very valuable information in the bullets that will help them understand the product better, that will help them um, avoid any confusion, and therefore later lead to return maybe. But people don't read, right? They don't read. (laughs) So what I do is I say, we hold off on completing the creative briefing with the exception of one picture. And we make that picture an infographic that is the mirror picture equivalent of the bullets. So now Hmm. bullets are there to read. Well, guess what? They don't read. They definitely don't read all of them. And now we translate those bullets as the punchline into infographic. Hmm. So that way they read the bullets fine if they don't read the bullets they got the, the infographic telling them which is basically some icons so instead of the mm-hmm. bullets fancy icons that represent mm-hmm. whatever the concept of the bullet is and mm-hmm. that you you know obviously you can't write long uh, yeah. but right like it, it can wrap over two lines right maybe seven eight words but that's right. enough so it's going to make the point So what do you think about that approach?
1: I think it's an interesting one. I think one of the hardest things that, it it sounds easy in theory, okay? But one of the hardest things for most brands to do is to simplify. Because oftentimes, some of the worst performing creative is going to be brands who are trying to say everything they can about their product. And there's just not enough, you just cannot digest that. It's not... Humanly possible. So we have to remember as humans that we need to try to simplify, simplify, simplify. And the more you simplify, magically, the more people are going to actually be able to digest. And so the way that we approach it is we take the bullets, which by the way, mirror the selling points that are given to us from the brand because they know their product or they should, um, from the intake form. We have the intake form, we have all the data that we asked for. Um, We then take our SEO research and those selling points from the brand, create our bullets to make sure they're matching up. And then the creative, imagine if every image, one image, one bullet, one image, one bullet, one image, one bullet. Um, The badges that you mentioned, I I don't like to use all the badges on one image. I, I like to mix them up usually and have two images with badges maybe 3 on 1, 3 on another or some kind of mix like that just so that it's creates a little bit of um interest that people want to scroll through the images. Um yeah, that's that's how we do it, which sounds like it's really similar to how you do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I'm going to give you this now. So I, yes. I I I'm curious to see what you do. Now, now
1: we're just having a jam session.
0: So yeah, I mean this, this <laughs> is a, because it's all about converting, right? That's where the money is. So yeah. uh, you talked about data Yeah. to create the bullets.
1: Yeah.
0: Of course, data is telling you what's important and then what people will, will gravitate towards. So way back when, when I started working on building listings and everything else, um, I heard this thing. And that's what I apply to the state. Bullets are there for the shopper to make an emotional connection with your product.
1: Okay. Well, because bullets are, there. Okay.
0: bullets are there for the shopper to make an emotional connection with your product. So therefore. Bullets have to invite the shopper to feel certainly. way.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Point one.
0: Point two. I heard this in one of the workshops and I loved it. And then those who are listening, check out an episode by the gentleman, Named Eddie Wheeler. Eddie used to be an English teacher. So we dissected what I'm about to tell you in one episode to translate into bullets. So here's Mm. the way it goes 100% of the world's population connect with each other over eight. Core feelings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. If you tell somebody something that invokes one of those feelings, they will connect with you. So I'm not going to go through all the whole eight. I don't remember them by heart, but I'll give you a few. And then anybody wants this list, reach out to me, and uh, I'll be happy to share. Top one is safety. So, if you go yeah. to someone you don't know and, and you just show concerns, how are you doing? Are you feeling safe? You okay? They will connect with you. Mm-hmm. So, you start your bullet with if your product is about safe, like talk, talk about supplements
1: or a baby product,
0: baby products. So, safety. Now, by all means, add the data, but data comes next because data is not selling. What is selling is that emotional connection. Another other right. people connect over food and drink or food and beverages. So uh, uh, feeling of being superior, being part of a community, uh, being a winner. These are all feelings. There are eight of them. So what we do is we decide what feelings apply to us and then how we're gonna formulate? And we open the bullet with a question oh, about okay. that feeling, and then okay,
1: we yeah,
0: dump the data after it. You know what? They're not even gonna read the data. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. So now what you have is you have those bullets there. Then we take those bullets, translate into that infographic. And then right underneath the infographic, we plug in that what you call badges, that okay. badge, uh, the, the block of badges. Right. So now you've got a powerful infographic that that gets people to connect. You 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 visualized what you were trying to tell them. So it's there. So what do you also, think about?
1: Also, I, I love this. Let's take it a step further. We're going to do a yes and imagine if you take go listen to that episode take those feelings take the selling points take the data and then you tell chat gpt i want you to factor in all these three things but the first five words of my bullet points have to evoke these emotions and they have to be snackable and catchy so that people read it boom
0: when we when we recorded that episode there was no chat gpt
1: (laughs) Well, maybe that's, maybe that's the way to go is just reverse engineering. All of these tactics that we know have worked for the longest time. And here's the thing that, that I think, I think this is, I mean, people throw around listing optimization. I think it just goes over people's heads because we get into all this granular stuff and it seems like it's so overwhelming. That's why I told you in the beginning, we just focus on three steps. If you can just focus on the three steps and just stay focused, you're going to get there. Um, and within that, there's all the little intricacies, but just focus on the three steps. And I will tell you after working with hundreds of brands, 87% of our clients see an increase in sales, 87%. And the smallest percentage of that 80%, I think it's, um, like 18% of them or less than that. I think it's 16% are seeing 20 to 40% increase in sales. The rest are seeing above that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, look, First of all, you know what you're doing. You are making an effort. And then when you make an effort and it's genuine effort, and by the way, it has to be an educated effort. You can't be just going all over the place. So uh, if it's an educated effort that you put into building your product pictures, people will see it. They're going to trust it. Mm -hmm. And, And when they see pictures that they can trust, then your conversion will go up. When your conversion goes up, your rank will go up. When your Mm -hmm. rank goes up, your sales will go up. Mm -hmm. And then when your sales go up as a result of your conversion, if you've done your homework with focus on some keywords so that your sales are coming from these specific keywords, you'll get the Amazon badge, the Amazon Mm -hmm. choice badge. And then from that, you're going to get more of the brand share on those keywords. And then it just, you know, mushrooms from there. So it it all comes down to the pictures that you're talking about, where you must have focus on the pictures. Now, this is what you have to show.
1: And you you bring a good point here that we didn't actually even touch on. Like, yes, we're pulling in data from brand analytics if we have it, PPC reports if we have it. I would say 50% of our clients don't have it because they haven't launched yet. So if they haven't launched yet, what are we doing? Where are we pulling that data from? Yes, we have third-party tools, but what else can we be doing? And that's where other third-party testing comes in, which can be super valuable. Like Things like PicFu, where we right. can drop in two versions of our main image, or we can take a competitor's listing and say what's missing and get that data from actual Amazon shoppers to also help us in building our listing and in a way that's more of an educated guess more of a more of a va- a pre-validation so to speak before we all do right. any amazon experiments
0: all right so um uh, i want to conclude our conversation with something that uh, that i want to ask all the stuff that we're talking about okay do this do that do the other of mm-hmm. course skills go up that's what you want but really that's not a metric so how are you measuring the success of these changes that you make
1: well, we're, we're isolating changes. So we isolate title tests. We isolate main image tests. We isolate uh, A-plus content tests. We are pre-validating with tools like PicFu, first of all, as we're building the content. So we're not just building it blindly. We incorporate that data. So we're making very educated guesses as we're going, as we're iterating on the content. Then once we do the testing within Amazon experiments, we're trying to understand what's working and what's not. The measurable outcomes are going to be... Um, sessions, click-through rate conversion. Those are the three things that we're testing, but it's challenging, right? Because a lot of brands don't want to wait. They don't want to wait and isolate the tests. They have these, because we do really, really like beautiful imagery, like direct to consumer brand, beautiful, stunning images. So people are like, I just rebranded. I just don't want the old content. I don't care how it performs. Just put everything up. And I'm like, Let's, let's just do one piece at a time so we can see what's working and what's not. So that's kind of a challenge. Um, it can also be a challenge if we refresh the listing with everything. And then we're, you know, obviously they're working with an ads agency that wants to kick off ads right away, which can be great. You know, yeah. obviously we want that. Uh, but when there's too many factors going on all at the same time, we want to try to keep it at a certain um Threshold with ad spend so that we're not all of a sudden jacking things up right when we're making this big change and then not knowing what is affecting what, right? So, trying to keep a little bit of constant at least for two to four weeks so we can really make sure that it's validated. Um, the other thing I will say is we've done a ton of um, Amazon experiment testing and we've noticed this on our testing and we've had agency partners tell us this across their testing as well that title tests are not, um, are showing false. False negatives, I think is the way to say it. So basically, a test will say that it's, um, it'll be conclusive from Amazon experiment saying that the title is not better. It's not performing better than the original. And then the brand will put it live anyways because they wanna see the live data. And then it'll come back and show that it's improving the performance of the listing. So that's one that I think everyone should be cautious of. We're not seeing that with main image. Main image is showing true validation.
0: So, you mentioned three things sessions, conversion, and what's click the third? And click, click through. Rate. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, sessions and conversion. Okay. Let's quickly define these sessions is number of people who landed on your product page. You can get that from your business reports, mm-hmm. SKU level.
1: Mm-hmm. And then,
0: uh, conversion rate is. Really, Amazon does not report conversion rate. They report unit session percentage. And that really is not conversion rate. So this is where you've got work to do. Because what they do is, let's say that one session, one visitor came to your product page. They bought three pieces. Amazon will say, one session, three units purchased. Your conversion is, or unit session percentage is 300%. So that is not correct. The correct thing is how many orders, how many sessions. This metric is not available in business reports. You have to calculate yourself. True. So, uh, and the third one is click-through rate. That's on the keywords. And that comes from the search query performance, right?
1: Yes, but it's also looking at how many more sessions are coming into your listing from month over month. So, for instance, if I didn't really change any of the other levers with ads, if I didn't, you know, if I didn't start spending more with my ads to bring in more traffic, am I naturally getting more traffic by changing the SEO on my listing?
0: Okay, so, so you're talking about the variance in sessions.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you can get like a 90 day average to understand, you know, what what were we getting on average? What do we see year over year? Um, but but generally, if you all of a sudden see an uptick in sessions after you changed your your just even your listing copy and you didn't change anything else, you can make an assumption that there was some attribution there.
0: So you bring me to my favorite subject. Okay. <laughs> that I want to conclude with: looking at data is worthless if it's not consistent and if it's not in perspective. In other words, you can't just download, okay, let's look at the conversion rate. Okay, what is the start date? What is the end date for your report? Okay, what does that mean? It means nothing. You now have to download the start date, end date for last month and then the month before if you're looking at it monthly. But the right thing to do is to collect the data daily and then look at it daily, how it's trending. And look at it consistently so that you can see. In other words, you can not look at one week's data and then a month's data. It, it, it just doesn't tell you the has story. To be the,
1: it has to be the same and over time. Yes. So decide what you're going to pull and keep pulling it, basically.
0: Yeah. So it's a lot of work, which is something that uh, we... Uh, and argometrics worked on and uh we've got something to deal with this so anyway uh, that's the uh, the the last point so you and i can talk hours i know (laughs) we haven't even started on a plus and uh, that's a whole different uh, it's gonna
1: have to to be another episode everyone sorry
0: (laughs) So so now, uh, now I want to talk about you. So this is my favorite part of the episode always. So uh, we want to get to know you. And I'm not interested in your bio. Clearly, you are an accomplished person. But I'm interested in your life experiences. Tell us about, take us back to the beginning. Tell us, where did you grow up? And tell us your story.
1: Oh, we're going all the way back. I grew up in Orange County, California. Um, I went to Cal State Fullerton uh, right out of college. I, I, it was very on, hard. Hold
0: on, hold on, hold oh, on.
1: okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I just skipped over. Uh, oh, 20 plus years. I want to know you are a serial entrepreneur. As a kid, when was it the first time that you thought, I think I'm going to do That's this? Good. I'm going to do that. When That's was good? That?
1: So I think I was born this way. Um, definitely not a product of environment. I was, I was, I was born this way. Um,
0: I remember,
1: I remember being like five or six years old and I was, I was very much a, a, I would read everything. I loved reading, but I got my hands on this book that was like 101 ways for kids to make money. And I every day opened the book, read one way and I just went out and started doing it. So it was like, walk your neighbor's dogs, um, have a garage sale. And I would, I would do garage sales to sell my stuff to animals. I would do a lemonade stand. I went, um, door to door asking if I could, you know, wash their windows or whatever the random thing was that day in the book. It was just like training me as a little entrepreneur at that age. And the second fun story that I think is, um, even funnier is I came to Peru to visit my family and they had these things that are like starburst candies but they're called frunas and i bought or my aunt gave me a box as a gift because she worked for the company so i came back to elementary school and everybody wanted these frunas because i gave, you know, a couple people a free one and all of a sudden i was like oh wow this could be my first business so i started selling the frunas but the problem is i had such a low supply <laughs> that my little brain was like i'm going to run out of my frunas so the pack of six that I was selling for a quarter, I opened up and started selling the individual piece for a quarter instead of the, the pack because I was running low on my on my on my supply.
0: <laughs> so but why did you feel that you needed to make money? Where did that come from?
1: You know, I think I watched both of my parents working and they were they were middle class, you know, always working. And I wanted to work like them. I wanted to make my own money. I wanted to help them. I wanted to just, it just like made, it gave me that ethic, that work ethic, you know? Um, As far as like why I chose the like being an entrepreneur type thing, I I didn't see my parents so much in the entrepreneurial light. But as I've come to know my, my biological father and know other people in my family, I can see that influence that, that having entrepreneurs in my family had on me. So like, or, or just even being like that. I remember feeling like it was kind of a, an odd thing that I never wanted a regular always wanted to start my own thing. And none of my siblings that I grew up with in California were of that mindset. And my parents were very much like graduate from college, get a good job, do the normal thing. And I was just not having it. You know, I just didn't want to do that. Um, and then I came to Peru and I hung out more with my siblings here and my biological father and they are all entrepreneurs. And I was like, okay, so that's this all makes sense. It's just genetics, I
0: guess. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it was in your DNA.
1: I think part of it was in my DNA. And then what ended up giving me the courage to keep pursuing it over time was seeing other family members who had, who had been successful in their own way.
0: So when you first started to think about these things, making money, your other siblings had no interest in such things. How did, how did, how was that received at home? Did you get support or did they fight you on it? No, you're a kid, you know, just, no.
1: No, I was the oldest child. So I think they, They still kind of look up to me in that way, but they're just not interested in doing this type of thing. Um, You know, Um, my parents were supportive. Yeah, they were always supportive um, to a degree, you know, Um, they put me through college. So they really wanted to see me go off and do this big thing. I remember my first thing that I did right out of college was I, I had a really hard time finding a job It was when the market was terrible. And I was like, why did I finish school if I'm not gonna be able to get a job? I remember I went to the the college job office and they told me I could be a bank teller. And I was like, I went to college to be a bank teller. I studied entrepreneurship. I got a business degree to be a bank teller. Are you joking? And and then I ended up um, realizing, okay, I had worked all my way through college. I had worked in restaurants and the service industry. And so I went back to those restaurants that I worked for and I said, I don't know how to do this but I will run your social media. I will, I will build your website. I will do your email marketing and I'll do it all for free for a month. And if you like any of what I did, you can hire me. And so I did that. Um, I did it because I didn't know how to do it, but I knew I wanted to be in marketing. So I went and did that for a few of the restaurants that said yes. Um, and a a couple of them ended up hiring me long-term. So I had a little mini agency right out of college, was making more money than most of my friends were making right out of college. Um, and, then I, and then I got a contract with the Newport Beach Restaurant Association, which runs 300 contracts in, in that area. So all of those restaurants wanted to work with my little agency and I started from zero, no experience. And it's because you, nobody would hire me.
0: Did you ever get the objection where, yeah, you know, just go finish your study. You're a woman. You know, you're not going to be an entrepreneur. You're going to go get a job. Did you ever get that kind of advice or objections?
1: Not in, not in that way. I did get, uh, when I had that little social media agency, when I was making good money for, for someone my age at that time, um, I did get someone very close in my family that said, when are you going to get a real job? <laughs> Yep. And now I can say that, that, I mean, I'm glad I didn't ever really pay much attention to that because it could have destroyed any entrepreneur to hear something like that from someone they love, you know, but, um, I just knew, I just knew that there was something else for me and I just knew that I was following the right path. And, and now I can say like, I make more money than that person. So,
0: (laughs) Is that person still asking you the same question? When are you going to get a real oh, job? Oh, no.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no. That person has His, seen my financial statements.
0: <laughs> my favorite my favorite story about uh, when are you going to get a real job question is uh, there is this the, the new uh, Star Wars movies. So they are doing the auditions and they're going to hire somebody for the, the new younger roles. And then there is this uh, African-American trying, struggling actor looking for jobs. And then his mother, old school, was apparently always asking, when are you going to get a real job? When are you going to get a real job? Forget this. When are you going to get it? So anyway, he goes to audition. They accept him. They give him the role. Now, I don't know his name. and. it's it's one of the one of the high profile roles. He's over the moon and he's happy. And then he calls his mother and says, Hey Ma, I just got accepted into the new Star Wars movie for this role. The whole world is gonna know me. I'm gonna be famous. I'm gonna be, and she goes. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Does that mean uh, you can find it easier to go get a real job? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. Some people yeah. are like, but you know,
1: yeah.
0: I'm I'm glad you didn't get a real job. I'm glad you, you've done what you've done. So clearly, I mean, look at you. So and uh, and if nothing, hell of a conversationalist. So. <laughs>
1: Thank you. (laughs) Likewise, likewise.
0: So, okay. So tell us, uh, Daniela, how can people reach you? Give us your contact information.
1: Sure. You can go to mindfulgoods.co right there on our website. You can book a call with us. You can also get a mini audit. So if you don't even want to work with us, but you want us to take a look at your listing and tell you what we think and what all the things that we would list out and change, we do that day in and day out for brands. Some of them end up working with us. Some of them don't. Some people just come to us because they want an easy way to instruct their designer of what they need to do. So they order that and we give them the punch list of all the things that need to be changed. So that's available for $150 at mindfulgoods.co.
0: Great. Great. Thank you very much. And uh, I had a blast talking to you and I'm sure people will
1: Likewise.
0: find it very useful. And thank you for being here, Daniela.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Before we wrap up, don't forget to visit www.getida.com forward slash legends to learn more and sign up to claim money for your lost or damaged inventory with Amazon. Your first $400 in reimbursements will be free. www.getida.com forward slash legends, and that's www.getida.com. Forward slash legends. Also, don't forget to visit www.channeled.net forward slash argometrics to get a free account audit and a $1,500 bill credit. You will join the hundreds of DTC brands they have helped reach their goals. The address is www.channeled.net forward slash argometrics that's c-h-a-n-n-e-l-e-d dot net forward slash argometrics thank you and uh, this brings us to the end of another episode if you enjoyed today's episode be sure to subscribe rate and review the episode and share it with someone you think would benefit from it too